Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Ben is directly across from me, private businessman around here, co-owner of a company <laughs> with hundreds of his good colleagues there at an ESOP. And uh, let's see, what else do we want to say? He's a Republican committee person. Good conservative, not a natural-born listener. He has to work out it as hard as can be. <laughs> yeah, He's taking lessons and active listening. Well, two ears, two eyes, one mouth. If you use those proportionally in life, you might get far. And um, sometimes you need your nose when you're dealing with politics, too. Oh, well, to hold it? Or yes, to, exactly. Okay. Hold your nose. And uh, I've, I have, sometimes I have to hold my nose and vote for people, you know? Well, sometimes uh, what they uh, try to do the best of the worst, or as people will say, sometimes uh, some of the candidates are average. Well, average is usually defined as <laughs> the best of the worst and the worst of the best, so All you right. get the average. But uh, no, we have uh, doings in Harrisburg. Um, we might have uh, the Pennsylvania House might start actually doing some work, even though behind the scenes there's been a lot going on. People say these people aren't earning their money. Now, uh, locally, David Rose traveling around the state, uh, getting involved in uh, some things that will help him uh, elevate himself in the House. Uh, you got a uh, situation coming up here where uh, Linda Schlegel-Culver will move into the Senate on Tuesday. Tuesday about eh, roughly 11.30, quarter of 12. Mm-hmm. That seat will become open. Uh, but right now, uh, the House hopefully, hopefully, uh, in Pennsylvania can start uh, moving some things. But uh, I don't know if the term herding cats is uh, the right term to use in uh, Harrisburg. It might be somewhat of a three-ring circus, but uh, that's what it is. All right, so welcome on board to our talk show. We're going to have open phones this segment a little bit later on, but Ben's arranged for another good uh, GOP guest to contact us, and uh, that individual is on the line. Uh, Folks, uh, please uh, welcome Jeffrey Lord uh, to our airwaves. Uh, I'm going to say globally known, certainly nationally known, (laughs) Republican. And strategist, and uh, I don't know, kind of a firebrand. He's because he tells things the way it is. Sometimes, people, uh, yeah, right. Sometimes people get pretty wound up about that. So, uh, Jeffrey, thank you so much for calling in. A real honor to have you on board. You bet. Good to be here on this. Uh, you know, I, I keep looking at the television, and they're, they're showing you know sixteen inches of snow here, there, and everywhere. And I look out the window, and not a thing. <laughs> Well, you can come up here tomorrow at the RB Winter, or no, Sunday is the RB Winter State Park Snow Fest. And so the uh, snow run is going to be on a muddy trail, and uh, they're going to help clean up some of the, the activities and sites there as part of the activities because they just don't have any snow. Uh, the lake is frozen, so that much is, is good up there. All right, well, let's dig into the GOP a little bit. Let's start on the presidential level. Uh, we have always counted on you for good support of President Trump as uh, as they say when they're holding the petition on your front porch, can we count on your support again? <laughs> yes, I will be there for him. Uh, 
no doubt about it. As a matter of fact, I got a note from him just the other day. Um, uh, but, you know, the, he, he's going to have challengers. He's already got Mickey Haley, former governor of South Carolina, and uh, UN, UN ambassador for him. Uh, you've got uh, newly in this uh, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy, uh, whom I've met. Very nice, very interesting guy. And uh, I uh, understand that uh, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott has been out in Iowa the last few days. So uh, there will be others, I, I suspect. I mean, that's just sort of the nature of the beast. If I wanted to be sort of catty about this, I would say, well, this isn't fair. He's going to take all the oxygen out of the room. The more the other people get involved in it, the better it is for him. It's not fair. But then I think to myself, oh, wait, it's who gets the most votes. So uh, tell us about this, this idea, this dynamic that some folks really are unhappy that he's involved because he's got such a solidified base. Yeah, well, periodically in American politics and American history, you come across people who are so uh, staunchly supported by huge chunks of the American people that they become sort of the obvious candidate. I mean, one candidate from the very long ago that uh, comes to mind is Andrew Jackson. And for those who may may not know, you know, of course, he was very popular as a general uh he saved New Orleans in the Battle of New Orleans in the War of 1812 with the British. He gets elected to the United States Senate from uh, Tennessee, I believe. And then he runs for president in 1824. Now, here's the kicker. <laughs> he, he, he has the most votes, but he doesn't have enough votes in the Electoral College. So the election, he's running against John Quincy Adams, who had been Secretary of State for James Madison, or James Monroe, rather. So, so it gets, the election gets kicked in, per the Constitution, to the uh, House of Representatives. Well, there is, as you might suspect, all kinds of horse trading. And there were a couple other candidates who hadn't done so well, and they make a deal with Adams, uh, which quickly became known to history as the corrupt bargain. And lo and behold, even though he didn't have enough popular vote uh, victory, Adams becomes president. Well, this so incensed <laughs> the Jackson supporters that four years later, uh, not unlike Trump here, they swarmed to him yet again, and he was in fact elected in 1828 in a landslide, and then four years after that, re-elected in another landslide. So there's precedent for this kind of thing, where where a candidate has supporters who are so utterly devoted to him. I think uh, having worked for President Reagan, boy, you never you never came across a staunch supporter until you came across a Reaganite. Uh, man, they they loved him. So this this kind of thing uh, happens out there, and we'll see how it plays out in this case. Jeffrey Ben Reichley, appreciate you uh, being on with us again. Uh, quick question on, on where we're at here with, uh, as you're talking about, former President Trump and his associates. So Nikki Haley uh, did a fine job at the U.N., uh, up, upset the right apple carts, I believe. And uh, I believe if America is first and America is strong, we do have a better U.N. I wish we had more of that. But it's interesting that you got Haley, Pompeo, maybe another sort of cabinet person thinking about that. Pence. Looking possibly Pence. But you, you think about 
what do they run on? That, hold it, we did all this stuff under President Trump. Oh, by the way, President Trump's running. He did the stuff. So it, it's interesting. Where do they get any traction? Yeah, that, that is exactly the problem. Uh, I just I just don't see it politically. I mean, there is not, as I sense, uh, any huge demand for, for any of these other candidates. Um, you, 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 in my lifetime, again, having worked for President Reagan, there was a huge base of support for him. Um, he came on so strong, and for those who may not remember, he had been running around America for GE, for General Electric, giving speeches and all this. He was the host Sunday nights of the uh, General Electric Theater. In 1964, October 27th to be specific, suddenly he appears on national television screens to give a political speech for Barry Goldwater, then the Republican nominee. The speech was called A Time for Choosing, in which he outlines his conservative beliefs. Well, the speech was a hit. Goldwater got covered. But almost immediately, there was a, a surge of support for Reagan to run for governor of California in 1966. He did, and he won in a million-vote landslide. Then he gets to the 1968 convention, and he is just, as they say in the trade, a favorite son candidate, meaning the Californians were going to vote for him, but he wasn't formally in the race for president. Well, not to date myself, you'll be amused at this. I was there. I was a <coughs> 17-year-old page <laughs> at the Republican National Convention of 1968 Miami Beach. And I have framed on my wall here, uh, my, jo- my job was to deliver press releases, old-fashioned press releases, to the press corps there that candidates would put out. And I have framed on my wall... President or then Governor Reagan changed his mind and declared himself to be a, a full-fledged candidate for president against Richard Nixon. Well, he lost, but he very graciously got up on the podium and and uh, thanked everybody and endorsed uh, candidate Nixon, etc. Well, so four years later, if Nixon wasn't going to run, would he run? Well, Nixon did run for re-election, so Reagan did not. Four years after that, you know, Watergate took Nixon out and substituted Gerald Ford, who was every bit the moderate Republican. Reagan took him on, and wow, that was a knockdown, dragout fight in primaries, one after another. It went all the way to the convention floor, and boy, I'll never forget that. I was there for that too. He, it, it was the last time in American history that we had a, a presidential nomination actually being decided in a close vote on the floor of the convention. And at the last minute, the Mississippi delegation, as I recall, switched from Reagan to Ford, put Ford over the top, and he was the nominee. So the night that, uh, it was very dramatic, the night that Ford accepts, he looks up in the gallery, and there is Reagan politely sitting with Nancy Reagan, and he calls him down to the podium. Ron, come on down here. So Reagan comes down here and, apropos, with with no prep, gives this incredibly fabulous speech about how he had been presented with a uh, time capsule as governor of California. And uh, he was pondering, as he was being driven along the Pacific Coast Highway, what to put in it. It was going to be open in 100 years. And he said, suddenly it occurred to me that when this capsule is open, 
people will know if Americans stood up to communism. What did we do? They'll know. They'll know the answer. He went on in this very eloquent fashion and and thanked everybody. And, God, there were people with tears in their eyes on the floor. And one person said to a reporter, we nominated the wrong guy. <laughs> so, so, yeah, you and, and, and that's where Jimmy Carter comes in, and Jimmy Carter defeats Gerald Ford. Four years later, uh, Jimmy Carter's not doing so well as president, and... Uh, Reagan runs against, runs against him and wins in a 44-cent landslide, and we know the rest. Yeah, and what's interesting, Jeffrey, when you talk about that, and, and that, believe me, I was a, a wee lad, but uh, I can say that, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, I, I did work for George McGovern in 1972, so that I learned that losing isn't fun, so I, I think I moved over that. But uh, when, when you look at leadership, so, so you just talked about two gentlemen that were leaders and leading different ways, and... So you looked at you look at Reagan who stepped up, and you look at uh, pr- uh, President Trump who all he did was go in and, and make a difference, and, and a very positive difference in a lot of ways. Now there seems to be a lot of people in America that are sort of concerned that maybe America shouldn't be number one and shouldn't be a superpower or as super as it can be. So they sort of diminish that. But you look at policies and you look at what they implemented that made America better, no doubt. Now. President Carter, who has been around a very long time and is is probably going to pass away here in the very near future. So now people are trying to go back. I'm hearing different segments of the news trying to find out what Jimmy Carter did positive. And, you know, you hate to say it, but there wasn't a whole lot he did. He over-micromanaged the situation, but he did not leave the White House and the country in a better state than than when he came in. But if you look at Reagan and you look at President Trump, they left the nation in a better situation. Now, President Trump got caught up in COVID, so you can say that, but look at what the economies were. Look at the just the people's... Just look at the, the, the raw, raw, pep rally, American first attitude that people were having. You know, Ronald Reagan rejuvenated. I was in college. Coming out of college, you couldn't ask for a better prep. It was still tough economy, but but look at the leadership that those two uh, presidents have done, and you see what we have now, and there's a, I think a, I want to say a Grand Canyon gap, but there's a large gap. Well, you know, when, when you look just in the last couple of days, here is this uh, terrible tragedy out there, and uh, I believe I've learned to pronounce it correctly as East Palestine. Uh, you know, my instinct was Palestine. No, 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 you say Palestine. And it's a mess, you know. Uh, you got all these train carriages laying all over the place, chemicals all over the place. They lit them on fire. Uh, it's polluted the water, the air. It, it, it's terrible. Well, where is President Biden? I mean, this had happened before he went abroad, but he went abroad anyway. And where is uh, Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg? Uh, not there. And as a matter of fact, caught off camera. Uh, walking around Washington with his significant other, and he says, well, this is his personal time. Where is Trump? Where is Trump descending on East Palestine in his Trump Force One plane uh, and bringing water, which is what was seriously needed? And I had to laugh, because the first time I met him in person, uh, over well over a decade ago, I was in Trump Tower to meet him, and I was a little early, so I went to uh, one of the restaurants in Trump Tower, and uh, you know, 
ordered a salad, got some water to drink. I sat down <laughs> and started to laugh. The water really is Trump water. It has his picture on there, and it says Trump water. <laughs> well, so what he did here is he called all his various uh, hotels and office buildings and everything and said, get together every last bit of Trump water you've got, get it on my plane, and we're taking it to Ohio. That's leadership. And he did it, and, and boy, people were going crazy for him. They'd love to see him. The mayor was thrilled. That's leadership. And he's still got it. And, uh, boy, they turned out for him. Yeah, and I, I, would, I saw the video and some of the uh, C-SPAN coverage of uh, Pete Buttigieg yesterday out there. I would really be surprised if he sees the end of the Biden administration as Transportation <laughs> Secretary. It's just a very personification of, uh, I'm here from Washington, I'm here to help kind of, you know, hollow words instead of sort of real yeah. help out there, so he's in trouble. And I, I just love your history lessons. I can't help but think if we somehow could look at the old decrepit black and white photographs of uh, Hamilton and all the rest, or go go all the way up into modern era for John Hines or Drew Lewis or Bud Schuster. There's always a Jeffrey Lord in the background. You know, somebody circles him <laughs> with a with a highlighter. <laughs> You've been around for a while, and so we appreciate that. Listen, great insights. Stand by. We're going to come right back. We got to take a quick break. I'm going to pop you on hold, but we'll be back uh, momentarily. Jeffrey Lord, the GOP strategist, and uh, uh, I say internationally, but certainly all mm. up and down the. Oh no. Very very across the nation. Author, Franklin Marshall graduate also. Oh, no kidding. Good for him. Okay, fabulous. We'll be right back. Mm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I just don't know. Um, Me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections? Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. Mm. out of auto repair. That's right. The Grapefruit mm. Games are going to be on our sister station, Eagle 107, tomorrow at 1 o'clock and on Sunday at 1 o'clock on Eagle 107. So, so check out the Phillies. Does that mean the weather we're having now? When the opening day, we'll have 38 degrees of well, snow floor. I've, I've been <laughs> at snowy opening spring games in my whole life. I was in Chicago once for one of the, one of the Cubbies openers, and it was snowing. Well, you know, the best day if you're a Cub fan is opening day. <laughs> right. We had we actually started out with hope. It lasted almost eight innings, too. It was, it was great. Jeffrey Lord is on, on the line, just a GOP strategist and author and uh, a great advocate for President Trump. Let me ask you, let's, let's stick with kind of this national politics scene. Uh, does President Trump need a very specific strategy to complete his road back to the White House? What has to happen for him to reclaim the White House? Oh, I think just keep talking about the things he's talking about. Uh, you know, m- make America great again. Uh, I-, I did a column on Joe Biden, you know, since he's so vociferously anti-MAGA, as he says, and ultra-MAGA. I thought, well, then I guess he is Mala. Make America lose again. Uh, I, I, I just, 
I just don't get what people have as an objection about uh, America doing well in the world and doing well for the world. I think that uh, that has uh, turned out to be our role in uh, history, and we're pretty good at it. Uh, you know, over the weekend, uh, I sort of stopped watching all the cable news things and turned to the History Channel and the American Heroes Channel and Military Channel, that sort of thing. And you watch all these uh, stories about uh, America in World War One and America in World War Two and in the Cold War and Gettysburg and all of this. I mean, the, the history is just really remarkable. And, uh, you know, you, you wonder, particularly in the case of the two world wars, what would have happened if we had not been around? And uh, we were around, thank goodness. My own dad... Uh, was grew up in Riverhead, Long Island, as did my mom. And, you know, high school sweethearts and all that, they were going to get married, and then, up oh, this small thing named World War II comes along, and the next thing you know, there is my dad out in the Pacific. And by chance, uh, thanks to COVID and the quarantine, I didn't have it, but, you know, like everybody else, I was locked in the house. I started cleaning the basement, and what do I find but a whole cache of letters that my father wrote while he was in the military, first to his parents and then to his girlfriend, a.k.a. mom. And uh, what really interested me, and I've only begun to go through them, the, the return address will, it'll say where, you know, he's at Fort Dix or he's here or there in the United States with a date. And then suddenly it just says, somewhere at sea, <laughs> with the date. And on the envelope is a red uh, stamp from a U.S. government censor that means it's approved to be sent through the mail, that there's nothing classified in there. And where he was actually headed was the Philippines. And he was in the Battle of Leyte Gulf, L-E-Y-T-E, which was the biggest naval battle in uh, in the war, I believe. Uh, he was a, in the Army, he was a captain of artillery. And I had the presence of mind years ago uh to sit him down in front of a video camera and have him tell me from start to finish what he did in World War II. Well, what he did at Lady was once they, uh, and I'm sure you've seen the film of Douglas MacArthur, General MacArthur, sloshing off a, a landing craft and onto an island. That's Lady Island. And what Dad's task was, is once they got the artillery pieces on the beach, was to fire up into the caves at the Japanese who were up there and who were firing down at all the Americans on the beach. So it's pretty startling stuff. And uh, there he was, you know, and good for him. World War II, what would uh, World War II have been without America? You know, we, we would have had real problems. And what's interesting about that, and I will I will say I've been in your, I, I've been there on a Saturday, started to watch something, and I was on my way somewhere, and then an hour later, I've just watched two history shows, which I thought maybe they should have ran these in high school. We could have learned more in high school just watching this. But and uh, staying with that though, I, I find it very interesting uh, what's going on in Europe, of course, in Ukraine. But you you look at NATO and you look at uh, sort of the the ally group there. And you have the Eastern Bloc, the old Soviet satellites are, are yes, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this, we're behind you, we'll give you extra money. And then you have France and Germany sitting on their hands for the most part, not knowing what to do. And, Jeffrey, do you really think they believe 
Putin is going to be an answer to them, or they're, they're trying to play nice with Putin while trying to be, you know, it, it just doesn't quite work that way. And I don't think President Biden and his group, Blinken, and that, that group bring any sort of uh, uh, understanding that, no, no, folks, you got to be on our side. You can't be half in, half out. And we only have a minute left, but please go right ahead this international you got to do what President Reagan used to say, peace through strength. And President Trump, like President Reagan, was very much a follower of that doctrine. I don't believe Putin would have invaded Ukraine if Donald Trump was still in the White House. Uh, the messages they pick up from a president in terms of peace or, or, or in terms of strength or weakness are considerable. And I think that's where we've got a problem here, and uh, it remains to be seen. I think you'll have many shows more before we get an answer on this. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much for your insights and observations. I know you get up this way from time to time, so when you're en route to Sunbury or Lewisburg or Danville, stop by. We'd love to have you visit yep. our studios. Thank you. Will do. All right. Jeffrey, Bye-bye. good to see much you. Good, good talking with you, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Okay. All right. Jeffrey Lord, uh, GOP strategist, uh, one-time employee of Quantum Communications, writes for the Federalist. National Spectator. National, National Spectator. Spectator. Okay. No, no. So, yeah, making sure things happen. Yeah, but it wor- has History. worked for everybody who's Republican, uh, whose name you 1968 GOP convention in Miami. <laughs> I mean, that goes as a, back. As a, as a runner. Well, he worked mm-hmm. in Bud Schuster's office in the media John there. John Hines. That's when we served. Oh, for John, John Hines, Hines also. Yeah. No, no, good man. I've sat after some of our meetings We've had conversations and just enlightening. It's interesting that uh, some of the uh, seasoned citizens can pass on information, maybe some of us suits. Even if it's a Republican, it's good history. <laughs> it's half the history there is. <laughs> All right, well, to be continued, folks, we're going to flash into open phones during the 9 a.m. hour, and we'd love to have you join us. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbird. WKOK News Time, it is 9 a.m. CBS News, then local news coming up right now. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reikley. Greetings. (laughs) Ben and I are doing some good history here on obnoxious loud screams after winning a presidential primary, which means we're talking about... Howard Dean. Howard Dean, yes. Okay. Yeah. Was it Yeehaw? Or he sort of had a uh, bone-chilling scream. But he, oh, was, he was almost singing the song, I've been everywhere, man. I've been there. They were going there, they were going there, and then at the end he screamed. Well, and I think he was, had a good chance then, but uh, people said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do we want to see this at the U.N. podium representing our country? Somebody yeah. said, and America's first. Yeah! Well, hold on. Let's Whatever go back to um, monkey business. Um Senator from oh, Hart. Uh, Hart. Bill Hart. Bill he Hart? Had, uh, no, not Bill Hart. Um, but he had the young lady, and I believe she had a Jordache jeans commercial later, mm-hmm. sitting on his lap, and the boat was called Monkey Business. Okay. Of course it was. Right, and that was the end of that. Gary Hart. There Gary we go. Hart, yeah. All right, and what was her name? 
She had 15 minutes, too. Yeah, she did, but she got a Jordache commercial and probably some free jeans. Okay, Gary Hart's girlfriend, folks. <laughs> 570-743-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. We launch into open phones. I'm Mark Lawrence. Rob Sanders, our fabulous producer on the other side of the glass, uh, Ben Reichley, good Republican committee person and business person <laughs> around here is my co-host. We'd love to hear from you. We'd talk Talked uh, Donna Rice says our good producer. Thank you, sir. Yeah, well, not really, not really to Susan Rice. No, <laughs> no, wrong color. So, but well, you still can be sisters. Well, that's true. Rice. All right, sorry. <laughs> but anyway, did I just do a Don Lemon? <laughs> yeah. Well, you were close. You do I have to take Monday off? Uh, no, you did a Don Lemone. <laughs> I have to take Monday off next Monday, uh, not this Monday. Uh, so. I don't know, Mark. You're still in your prime. <laughs> yeah. Are you? Are you? I'm 63 now. How old are you? Uh, You're 50. Well, I'm identifying as 52. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> can't, can't you identify with what you want to be in this day and age? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, you're a, you're. A I identify as 64. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So welcome aboard, everybody. I mentioned that uh, it happened to drive through the RV Winter State Park yesterday. The park is in perfect condition for Snowfest this uh, Sunday, although it is lacking snow, and the lake is not frozen. It was frozen a couple of weeks ago, but the good park manager sent us a note says it has thawed off, and uh, but they are still going to have the run. It's, I think, a three-and-a-half-kilometer uh, run or three-and-a-half-mile run on the muddy trails. Mm-hmm. Silent auction. Smoky Bear will be there. The Strike Canine team does their demonstration at 1 p.m., and they have a big fundraising auction with tons of really good stuff uh, for the friends of the RB Winter State Park. So that's Sunday at uh, the park. So we hope to see you there. I think it's like noon to 4 p.m., but just a fabulous opportunity for folks to go out to RB Winter State Park, a real gem in our area. So thank you for that information. Much appreciated. All right. Open Phones is underway now on the mark sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line is uh, kaput, but we do have a telephone number 570-743-9565. That's 570-743-WK. You can email us. We have four emails left over here, so we're going to scan those, but you can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and you can text us at 70236, include the keyword OTM. And Jeffrey Lord on earlier and talked about President Trump's road to the White House. And lots of polling out now. Some polling says that uh, uh, anybody could, uh, let's see, President Biden could beat President Trump, but <laughs> no Democratic candidate could beat President Trump. Strangely enough, Biden could beat Trump, but any Republican candidate could beat President Biden. So really, this is, except Trump. If it's Trump and Biden again, Biden wins in the latest polling. So Who's, take that with a grain of thought. Uh, I don't know. They've been talking about different polls on CBS and NPR. So Ooh. they're all left-leaning polls. So <laughs> this idea that Biden would win. Uh, yeah, that's, but, a, that's a hard one to understand. And what's the sample size? Are we at a thousand? Are we at no, 5, no, five hundred. Oh, five hundred. Okay. You're in the small numbers here. Okay. So, but what what I think is interesting is that the president, if President Biden and President Trump go head-to-head, Biden wins if the election were today. But if any Democrat other than Biden goes up against Trump, Trump wins. And if any Republican other than uh, Biden goes up against any Republican, the Republican wins. So, you know, it's like they want, it's like people want to 
just it's it's got to be an R. It's got to be a D. It doesn't matter who it is. Well, we saw that here in the Pennsylvania U.S. Senate race. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had, a, you had a person who was not capable of being lieutenant governor. John Fetterman was a below average. Well, that's, not, <laughs> that's not even fair to below average. He was so bad as a lieutenant governor, they had to tell him what to do. And he barely showed up. They had to get in there. And all of a sudden, this was a U.S. Senate Senate candidate. And then he had medical problems, which he's had for years. This isn't new. And the press hit it. When the young lady uh, from NBC talked about that he had trouble, they lambasted her. I mean, the, the, the media is complicit in ignorance. And the more, I mean, if we're all mushrooms, I just drove through Avondale twice this week. And it's mushroom capital of Pennsylvania. Well, that is part of our national media treating us like mushrooms. So, you know, cover us in uh, mushroom soil and I guess uh, <laughs> tell, us, tell us what to do. On the Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. As we mentioned, you can call us right now, 570-743-WDK, okay? You can email us at onthemark at wdkok.com or text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Very brief news headlines here. Identities have been released following two unrelated death investigations from last Saturday in Northumberland County. Northumberland County Coroner James Kelly says 25-year-old Eric Gammon of Sunbury was the individual whose body was found uh, on the riverside of the flood wall in Sunbury. Kelly says 58-year-old Stephen Henry of Philadelphia was the individual found in Shemokin Creek in Tharptown near Shemokin, uh, and both of those deaths are still under investigation. Penn Live reporting that survivors of child sexual abuse who've been waiting for a chance to seek justice may see positive movement today. The chamber's positioned two separate bills for a vote that would lift the statute of limitations on child sexual abuse crimes for a two-year period. It would allow survivors to file previously time-barred civil claims against their abuser and any institution that covered up, including public schools. House Bill 1 proposes to accomplish that through the constitutional amendment process. House Bill 2 would do it through regular lawmaking, and you can read more about that at WKOK.com. Meantime, when the House reconvenes next week for regular session, it'll be under Rossi's rules. <laughs> Rossi says the rules changes he's proposing reflect many of the suggestions he received from the public during his recent listening tour. Rossi says they include preventing committee chairs from holding legislation hostage and making committee composition more proportional between parties. Providing that constitutional amendments cannot be placed on the primary ballot, providing that House-originated bills Proposing a constitutional amendment can only include one subject and providing for increased protections against sexual harassment and discrimination in the House. Rossi says the changes proposed are return to government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Mark Sims, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Again, turning to Penn Live, uh, they said they got a glimpse of U.S. Congressman Scott Perry yesterday of Dauphin and York County. He argued in federal court Thursday that federal investigators should not have unfettered access to his cell phone communications because of constitutional protections against questioning a sitting congressman for his or her legislative activities. Perry, a Republican from Carroll Township, York County, is one of several Republican congressmen whose name 
names have consistently come up in the President Trump investigations. His phone was seized August 9th with a court-ordered warrant. The feds said they duplicated the phone and gave the original back to him, but they say they will be sifting through that phone slowly. And I believe that was his personal phone, too. Both, okay. Very well. So uh, that, that, how does that happen in the, uh, in the United States of America? Well... You get me put buffoons in Washington eight years in a row, and this is what yeah, happens. I don't know if it's buffoons. I think it's the bureaucratic mess. Is that what Some it is? people don't want to hear the term deep state, but there is don't something say about uh, being Take bureaucrats. It <laughs> Take it back. There's no such thing as a deep state. Well, I don't know if it's All deep right. state, Mark, or dumb state, so you can pick a term you want. And finally, some good news for our caller on the line, Stan, and for Ben, and for Rob. Dr. Seuss fans might find their hearts grow three sizes this coming holiday season with the release of a sequel to the 1957 classic How the Grinch Sold Chris Stole Christmas. So finally, a sequel. It's coming out. What's it going to be? It'll be called How the Grinch Lost Christmas. Oh. And it's not the story of President Trump. Okay. Well, I was going to say, hold <laughs> on. Is it, is, it, is, it, uh, is it the Grinch in Hanukkah? Is it the Grinch in Kwanzaa? Is it the Grinch's Festivus? Um, can, we, can we get four? We might as well have sequels to all. It says it's no more or less politically correct than any of the other Dr. Seuss books. Is green eggs and ham offensive to uh, uh, Martians? Yes, some of them were kind of viewed as having racist commentary or words or pictures at some Uh, point. What's the cost of green eggs under the Biden administration? Green (laughs) eggs? All right, Stan, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Yeah. uh, (laughs) So yesterday you got a phone call from a person towards the end that said it was Trump's fault that uh, Russia went into Ukraine because... Trump was Putin's buddy. <laughs> I believe that's the way it was put. Something along those lines. Well, our well, caller today said you, just the you, opposite. You, you know, that's a pile of horse dung, right? <laughs> yeah, just, our caller just today. Just that out there because, you know, if, if Trump had really been in Putin's pocket, he wouldn't have said anything if Putin had gone in Ukraine and did whatever he wanted to do. But no, he didn't, because he didn't know. Putin had no idea what Trump would do. Trump told him certain things he would do, but he also left things in the dark that he would do. Well, well Stan, that was one of the things, as, as goofy as our media acts sometimes, when, when they ask a president or they ask a uh, secretary of state or secretary of defense or, or a general, well, what, what will we do? Okay, let me ask you this. I, I'm the coach of the team and marks the uh, defensive coordinator and my offensive coordinator standing next to me. I said, hey, wave over to Mark that we're going to run a screen pass to the right on this time. Okay? So, again, so why do we expect our leaders or we hope we have leaders to tell us what we'll do if this happens? I mean, there's a general macro analysis, but it, it is it is ridiculous. So, again, Trump left people saying, hey, we will react or we look to make sure this doesn't happen and then lets them think what will we do? Right, you can't, you know, and and you can't you can't uh, what is it? Telegraph your moves. And that's Biden does it, you know, tells Putin, don't do it. And what's Putin do? Say, up yours, and he does it. So, you know, because Biden is is very weak. He has no authority. Well, he doesn't project authority, I guess it would be, or strength. <laughs> he has authority. You know, he, he does it. <laughs> well, he has authority, but he doesn't project strength. Look what happened in Afghanistan. That's a perfect example of it. So Putin and she both looked at that and said, wow. 
we got our opportunity now, and they took it. Now he's still working on it. You know, when when he invades Taiwan, it'll be because of Biden, not because of Trump. It'll be because of Biden, and these people need to understand that. Well, and I think uh, you sh- you have to be pleased, though, with President Biden did super speeches while in Ukraine and in Poland, and uh, <laughs> State of the Union address was pretty good. So, at least okay. looks he presidential. He lied. He lied. What's, what's the you know, you know, Mark, for super? What, what was his big lie? The Republicans are going to cut Social Security and Medicare, correct? That was his big lie. That was one of them. There was others, but that was the biggest one. I didn't say so, he's incapable of lying. I just said he looked uh, presidential. He lied. On, on, public, on national television, he lied, stood there and lied. And then he said, oh, look at that. The Republicans agree with me that we shouldn't be cutting that. They never said they wanted to to start with. But here's what I heard yesterday from Senator John Kennedy out of Louisiana. Last year, Biden's is something with the Social Security Administration, how they pay. I'm not sure what the, uh, that group is called how they're going to pay the doctors on Medicare, okay, what their fee rate will be on Medicare. Biden's team, which is Biden, wanted to cut the fees paid to the doctors by 45 or 3 or 5%, I believe it was. It was over 4%. So the, ones that want, the person wanting to cut Medicare was Mr. Biden, the one that stood up there and lied to the American people and his State of the Union. Any idea, as long as we're on the topic of Medicare and Social Security, for that matter, what what, what are solutions that you think we should look for in Washington? Because both are going to go bankrupt unless somebody blinks and, you know, either raises taxes or cuts benefits. Both or solutions? Both of those? Well, let's see. There's immigrants, whether legal or illegal, elderly ones, whether you come over from on a, what do they call it, uh, chain migration, Younger mm-hmm. kids come over. They bring their parents and grandparents over. They're the, the elders, if they come here legally, now I'm not sure about the illegal, so I will put that out there. But the legal ones are eligible to collect Social Security when they turn age. They may have never contributed a penny to it, but they're eligible to collect some Social Security. So, and that, so cut them off and that'll make up the difference? No, no, that won't make up the difference. But why should they be getting one penny when they've never paid into the system? Okay, what else? What else well, needs to be done? Well, first of all, they need to start putting the money back into the trust fund, not just little pieces of paper that says, I owe you, the Social Security Fund, billions of dollars that they've been taking out and using in the general fund. Yes. Because weren't we told when it was set up that there would be a trust fund, lockbox, that couldn't be touched, it was only for Social Security, correct? Uh, I think we were lied to. Al Gore has the lockbox, we just need to get it back from him. Uh, <laughs> he kept it. Oh, is that something like when he invented the internet? Yes, yes. Okay. All the, all all right. the world so, so there's there's another problem. They've been using the money, there's no money there anymore. And it's what Social Security Administration says that by 35 or 37, somewhere in there, that uh, the, the whole thing will fall because there won't be enough money. There won't be enough workers paying into the system to pay all the retirees. Yeah, but also, too, Stan, you have to look at the metrics for the whole thing. So, should it 65 to 67 and a half, or could it go up? You, you look at the payment. So, you raise the tax, raise the cap from 100 plus Raise the thousand. tax, raise the cap. Raise it up to 150. You know, you do some things. Maybe you take more out of uh, certain earners who are, are earning over 400,000. Reichley's 10-point plan. Yeah, yeah you, you do some things to, to stabilize it. But then you also go back and you look at what isn't working, what is somewhat uh, inefficient or very inefficient, and you adjust it. This this point that you can't mention Social Security or can't look at the government entitlement is absolutely ridiculous. So. 
go back look at Social Security, look at what it was supposed to do, look what it advanced to doing, and what does it need to do to be viable. And the other thing, too, folks, let's look at it. Social Security could be labeled a Ponzi scheme to some degree, because what it's saying to all <laughs> of us, really is. what it's saying to all of us is, the government does not trust you. We want to take your money so you have something to retire on. Personally, I'd rather have all I paid into Social Security, because if I even put it in the Dow Jones uh, stock exchange, I'd be ahead times probably 80. So, again, what this, what's it telling you is the government doesn't trust you. We need to take your money. All right, last word, well, please, well, Stan. Go yeah, right nobody, nobody should trust the government at this point, the way it seems. <laughs> Sound advice. I, right. Just throw that out there, because <laughs> it seems to be that they lie to us daily. Oh, by the way, as Buttigieg was given his little press conference yesterday, and a reporter asked him a question as he was rambling on. Did you notice he said he lost his train of thought? Well, he lost his train <laughs> of thought, but I, I tell you what, his, his his handlers are... I could have been a better handler for, for Buttigieg, because his clothes would have looked better, and his damn hard hat would have fit. I mean, he, he, he looked <laughs> atrocious out there, let alone he lost his train yeah, of thought. I don't think he's going to see the end of this administration. He'll probably get fired. Stan, thank you so much much for calling in. Much appreciated. All right. Have a good one. Appreciate that. All right, Bill, stand by. We'll take more comers, though. 570-743-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com and text us at 70236. We always wrap up the week with an overview of the Sunbury Motor Company, our fabulous sponsor, so we appreciate them being on board. Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street, Sunbury, and Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf. Tons more about them at, at Sunbury Motor com. They got the quick lane. They specialize in all types of service on vehicles there, state inspections. They got an alignment shop and an inspection shop and an oil change shop and a quick lane and a nitrogen shop and a body shop. And, uh, we we and go in and get a little canister of nitrogen for the weekend? <laughs> you can. If you got some whipped cream you want to be uh, propelling, they would just love to help you out there. Uh, it is, no, it's not nitrous. It's nitrogen. Jeez oh. well, Louise, come on, work with us here. That. Sunbury Motor Company, if you need a Ford, Hyundai or Kia, that's the place to go, or quality used vehicles that have been through a gazillion checks mm-hmm. to make sure they're 100% safe. They got that. They got vintage uh, vehicles in the showroom, so you can check those out when you get there. Yeah, they, they got that uh, orange Mustang. 1965 Orange Mustang. Yep, is that there? a Mach 1 or a no, Cobra? No, no, it's, it's an older one, I think, Mr. Merch has. They also still have that special test drive a car. You buy it, you get a lunch at either Penn's Tavern or the Sunbury Sub Shop. You can't right. beat that. Call us now, 570-743-9565. We're talking Trump and Biden and polling and presidents and Jeffrey Lord's comments, and now entitlements. And nitrogen. Uh, Reichley's 10-point plan. We're going to write these down. Of course, no politician in Washington would touch any one of these <laughs> with a 10-foot pole. But, uh, hey, we'll write them down anyway. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. 
Will Sunbury Motors Factory Train Tax take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections? Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Mm. Out of auto repair. Ooh, baby. That's Rob Center strumming the guitar over there. Nice. <laughs> Good stuff. Thank you, Rob. Fabulous producer. He's making sure that the Eagle, or the Phillies, I'm sorry, the Phillies are all set for tomorrow on Eagle 107. Uh, 1 p.m. is our spring training Grapefruit League games on Eagle 107. First game uh, of the year? Fixing, yep, fixing Social Security. I say kill the colas for a while. Mm. Raise the tax rate itself. Raise the cash. Eliminate the cap altogether uh, and raise the age. Ben says uh, raise the eligibility age, take the cap off the tax, go after the inefficiencies in personnel and policies, but keep the same tax rate. Bill, what's your view on this topic? What would you do to fix Social Security? Bill. Stop the border crossing, stop all the free money. Trump had the right idea, you know. Uh, America first, create jobs, it, everything else will fall into place. Mm, yeah, but nobody elected will do that stuff, so unfortunately, except Trump. And maybe. another thing that the headline news when uh, Ben Dunn Biden went over to Ukraine, not one, it, it's all factual evidence. All you got to do is follow the money. The guy is corrupt, uh, he's he treason, he should be in jail. And these multi-billionaires buying these uh, media outlets, and I'm sure your radio is is run by the Democrats uh, <laughs> followers. I hope Roger's <laughs> and you not fall listening. In line. And sometimes I think you're, I think you uh, you get it. I don't think you're the, the smart, stupid people, but I think uh, you fall in line with the Democrats because uh, your company, uh, you know, all the Democrats. Radios, televisions are all bought and paid for. Bill, do you know who owns this radio station? Not, not a clue. A fine local Republican. We'll bring him in one of these days. Yeah. He can have a chat with yeah, you. I'll talk yeah. about... Uh, That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's, and he's pretty moderate, conservative, understanding. Uh, so I would say... Uh, Natural-born listener. Yeah, I would say... Uh, well, if like you're looking at the no, if you're looking like at the major media, that's a little different scenario. But, but you have to keep in mind, people don't realize this. If you read Trump's son, his book, right? Uh, when when he became president, he took a beating because he had all these hotels and all these business ventures throughout the world. So what he did was, any profit that he made overseas, he wrote a check to the treasury. Anything in the United States. He made profit. He kept. When he left, when he wanted to be president, and when he left, he lost like three and a half billion dollars. Right now, when Obama, when and Ben Dunn Biden go in there, they when they leave, they're a hundred million dollars to the good, or uh, 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 eight eight hundred million dollars to the good. They're on the take. Follow the money. These guys should be in jail. Well, we'll see what happens with the investigation in Delaware. We'll see where... I, I think well, here's another thing. With the Delaware and, and the library, especially the U- University of Penn, right? Now, 
No, 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 Weinberg, no, no, Bill, Bill, that's, he was, Bill, 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 he that's was the, out of office for like two, three years. Yeah, right? but so Bill, them documents had to sit somewhere for two and a half years, and then the, the library came, and them doc, documents not were only moved once, but moved twice. Who all, who all saw them documents? Yeah, but, but your, right. your statement about the University of Penn, that, that is, at the University of Penn, that is almost totally funded by the Chinese. So it's almost well, 100%. The, it's That's almost the it's, University of China at the University of Pennsylvania. And Delaware and Delaware's getting the money too. They're getting the money too, not as much as Penn, but they're getting the money, and, and they're infiltrating uh, their uh, their citizens, Chinese citizens, into the programs for the technology. All right, we got you. T- we got you, Bill. Thank you so much for calling in. And Always follow the money. Follow the follow money. The money. Sound advice. In jail. All right, thank you, sir. We will uh, we will see where these investigations go because the DOJ right now has to be all over the place. What 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 are we going to do? Yes, How are we going to do you it? You and I are the what only are people not it? being investigated. Yeah. Oh wait, here's a text from my lawyer. Guess what? I'm yes. off the list. Uh, please, Tom, go right ahead. You're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, you guys are pretty one-sided as usual. Uh, well, take us to the other Social side. Security, that Rick Scott put it in a put it in a, a a pamphlet that he passed out that he wanted to sunset Social Security every four years or every five years. Uh, it was on Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson had some pamphlet out. It was on his that he wanted to get rid of Social, uh, Social Security. Uh, sun, sunsetting does and, not mean uh, getting who's rid he, of it. Who the heck else was it? It was uh, this, uh, Mike Lee from my. I don't know where he's at. They have him giving a speech how he wanted to get rid of it. Now, now, and I'm sure there's a lot more. So that's one subject where where you're you're way off base. It was they do want to get rid of it. But how are we no all, how are we about off base? It. They want to get rid of it. Tom, Tom, how that's how are we off thing. base? How another is that thing, let Tom go first. I guess another he thing can. is just how this war was ended so bad in Afghanistan. President Trump. Had to, had, was was going to end that war in May if he would have got reelected again. He had he had the troops down to fifteen hundred. He had no equipment taken out at all, nothing. President Biden had to put six thousand five hundred troops in just to get the people out and try to get as many of those people that they didn't want to leave behind out. So, you know, and as far as the economy. Uh, uh, Donald Trump is responsible for 30% of the national debt that we have right now. He did that in eight years. And I know a lot of it was COVID, but he was well on his way. He was well on his way to to setting a record before COVID. So, you know, it's a one-sided, it's a one-sided thing on here. And, you know, you guys don't know what you're talking about. You're talking to somebody that know, actually knows something, not these people that listen to your show that don't know anything. All right, we got you, Tom. Thank you so much. Ben, what's your view on this? Well, as as information, I think there's lies, lies, statistics, right, and this caller. Thank you so much, Ben. What's your view on so uh, when you look at Afghanistan, Afghanistan, there was negotiations with the Taliban. And, and that was set up to the draw-out. So... The information the caller's talking about is very misleading. So the, the, the 
removal of the American forces from Afghanistan was going to base, be based on different metrics leading up to what the Taliban was going to do. Remember, the Biden administration gave up the city and gave up the airport and gave up a base. So maybe the caller's misunderstanding of what was going on in Afghanistan. That was a debacle. It still is a debacle. Now, you know who's there taking out rare earth minerals? Our friends, the Chinese. So, mm-hmm. very interesting there. Social Security. You know, it's not bad to have laws sunset. Social Security, as I say, to me personally, Social Security should be my money. There's no reason the government should be taking your money. So if you feel confident in yourself that you can handle your own money, why are you giving it to the government? Social Security is a government Ponzi scheme. It should be made efficient if they're going to have this. So the caller, again, is misunderstanding maybe what Social Security is supposed to be. It All is right. insurance that we pay in. Right. Tom will give you, oops, uh, pardon me. Uh, Tom will give you the last word. Go right ahead. Turn your radio off. All right. Well, forget it. Turn your radio off when you call the radio station. All right. Next caller, last caller before a quickie break. Go right ahead. Yeah. Hello. This is Mike from Bloomsburg. Hey, buddy. Hey, uh. Your previous caller there, the, the educated uh, Democrat, I'm hoping he can call back and straighten me out. I just uh, talked to a very good friend who did <laughs> some traveling across the United States. And uh, she uh, met a Venezuelan oncologist, okay, and a Cuban uh, going on her travels and had a long conversation with each, each of them. And they were both educated and very open to discussing. And the opinion of the Cuban and the Venezuelan is they are greatly concerned about what they see happening in the United States, uh, particularly the Venezuelan, who said that we used to be a, a very rich country, and then with the money, we started uh, passing out money to everybody and anybody for everything, and pretty soon their work ethic declined and the country declined. And I'm not saying that was all of it because I wasn't there for the uh, conversation, but she she's seen the same thing happening here in the United States. And then, as far as the Cuban, the Cuban is concerned because that person said that the people from Cuba that are coming to the United States are the least educated and the least skilled that are uh, coming across our border. So my position is this. I want that educated Democrat uh, that's going to straighten me out to tell me what is the gain of having millions of people that don't speak English come into this country, how's it going to affect our budget, how's it going to affect our schools and our medical care system and all that. So they're backing this president in the open borders. I want to hear it defended instead of just hearing like me, people like me attack it. Yeah, well, and what's interesting, what you say there, and, and again, talking to a number of folks and, and knowing from south of the borders or Central America, South America, but one, one of the situations with Venezuela is they were successful. They started nationalizing their industry, particularly energy. They started nationalizing agriculture, and government cannot run things very well in a lot of ways. I mean, even look here in the United States and what we see. So in Cuba, they did that in the 50s in the revolution. One of the things, if you look back in history, 
Revolutionaries might be great at overthrowing a government or being revolutionaries. They do a very poor job once they get in. So it's always, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. Well, you get on the other side of the fence, it might be greener, but it might be harder to chew. So, you know, it, when you look at the world history, look at the breakdown of these revolutionaries. Look, look at what happened with Mao in China. Look, look at the Soviet Union with Stalin. So did they make it better? But also, too, you look at the corruption of the governments that were in before, and it's all it goes back to the Marie Antoinette, let them eat cake. If the elitists have that attitude, you're going to basically start the foundation for a revolution. You know, when I heard you say, you mentioned the word nationalism, uh, nationalized, and it was funny, uh, coming out of the pandemic when the demand for energy was way up and the supply was down, the prices went up like crazy, we heard my friends on the left saying we need to nationalize the oil companies. They're making too much profits. The government needs to run them. Well, anybody that interfaces with the government to get anything done knows how efficient our government is, pretty much. But it's just interesting that educated people are calling for nationalization of industries in the United States. And the final thing I'm going to say, when it comes to nationalizing, if if I look at the mainstream media and the high tech companies, they're almost, in effect, being nationalized because of the bureaucracy in Washington has so much power over them, they've got to bend a knee to satisfy the people that have the power over them. It's almost like being nationalized without being nationalized. Well, well, to, and that's all I got yeah, for today. Yeah, to a degree. But, Mike, I would say this, too, and to our listeners. Be aware, highly educated does not mean... Smart. Highly <laughs> smart, common sense getting it done. Yeah, I mean, you know, you see a lot of people who have supposedly a lot of education, and as my grandfather, uh, rest his soul, used to say, they have the common sense of a two-year-old. So, I mean, yeah. reality, getting things done does not mean, I mean, people who are educated, smart, and can do it, great. People who are educated and have to look around and see, well, geez, I'm not sure how to do this. So, you know, be, beware of highly educated. That doesn't mean people who are actually getting things done. We got you, Mike. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you. Yep, much care, appreciated. Guys. Great, great call. All right, we'll take more comers. Call us now, 570-743-9565. That's 570-743-WKOK. You can email us at onthemark at WKOK.com and Text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. I said President Biden did a good job on two of his speeches lately, and one of our good listeners knows exactly why. M-E-D-S, meds. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. What are they that s- nitrogen? Yeah, B-12. Oh, B-12. Is that B- what it is? B-15 is actually better. Okay. A couple of hits of nitrogen. And you know what? Maybe uh, maybe they're giving me a little happy juice, too. Well, and I remember when I was in high school and college, a B-210 was a good one to have. Wow. You know, so <laughs> if you know Ooh, what they boy, are. That goes way back. All right. Five <laughs> sets of Dotson, folks. A speedy uh, Dotson. All right. 570-743-9565. We started out talking about what to do about entitlements. We had Jeffrey Lord on here with his view on the path to the White House, which is President Trump's just going to keep doing what he was Mm -hmm. doing. A lot of new polls out saying if it's Biden and Trump, Biden will win. If it's Trump versus any Democrat, Trump wins. Mm -hmm. So what's your view on this topic? Call us now. 
there's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Friday. 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 Is it Friday already? Oh, yeah, the Rob Center with the fabulous, uh, great uh, bumper music. Much appreciated. Mm -hmm. Harry, thank you for waiting through the break. You're on the mark. Hey, good morning, guys. I I want to throw something out there. I'm not 100% sure that Social Security should be called an entitlement. And the fact that we pay into that every single week that we work, every single paycheck. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it's, it's, it's a bill more than it is an entitlement. And it's an obligation that we get because we pay into it. It's basically paying into an account that, as Ben says, it is our money. Um, and, and, and it was never set up to be the uh, World Bank, the U.S. <laughs> using it like they do the World Bank to pay off and pay for other programs and other people who haven't paid into it. Exactly. The other thing that I think people better look at is the fact that, you know, for years we've been told, oh, we're overpopulated, we're overpopulated. The least amount of population, the lowest population group in this country are those of of the ages, uh, you know, in their 20s to 30s, which means nobody's having any children which means that there won't be any money coming into that system, which will, uh, uh, you know, dispels the uh, the myth of overpopulation as well as the fact that the system will not be able to sustain itself as it goes along. Yeah, and, and therefore um, it should be looked at and, and look at uh, what, what are the metrics to make it sustainable. But I go back to this area. I'd rather have my money, or I'd rather the Social Security says, hey, we're going to put everything into Dow Jones. We're going to put the Dow Jones index and let it ride. You know how you and, know, we, and, we would have a yeah. great return on our money. We would. And, and as I get closer and closer to that, to that decision, um, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> I'd like to have that choice for myself, too. I, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, we, we, uh, we can't call something that we've been paying into that we've been told for years, oh, you'll get a return on this at the end because you pay into this system, you'll get it back. We can't be told that we do that and then, oh, well, you're it's an entitlement. No, no, it's not an entitlement. It's, it's an obligation well, from the government to give us what is ours. It's an entitlement to the people who haven't paid enough in or didn't pay in at all. That's their entitlement. Right, yeah, for, for people for, that correct. get it. For, for, for us, it's a, it's a socialist type of... Uh, uh, money grab by the government. And uh, you know what? Stuff like this, Harry, drives me to your store, so uh, do you have any vodka specials this week? Well, there's always specials. There's always specials. It's always special. Everything's special at Harry's store. I think store. I need a nice bourbon over the Mardi Gras oh, season my gosh, here. Oh, here we go. All right. Thank you so much, Harry. Thanks for calling in.
Much appreciated. All right, one of our listeners sends us a note. I said President Biden did a super job on the State of the Union and looked very presidential overseas, but one of our listeners says it's easy. Meds. Wonder what the White House staff physician pumps Biden full of when he gives a speech like the State of the Union address. Any other time he isn't prepared medically and stumbles all over the place and his speech is messed up in forgetfulness. Perhaps whatever it is would help all people with cognitive issues so they too would not forget many things like names of the people they know and why a person goes into a room for something and can't remember what they were there for. Let's share. There's no way that all of a sudden Biden talks with such conviction like he did the night he gave that speech. All we said in this living room was, what the blank is he on? <laughs> Great letter. Thank you so much for that. Was, so much was appreciated. the State of the Union, which I caught part because I was in the middle of something else. I mean, it wasn't overly compelling. Or, or the, uh, It wasn't the, compelling. He just delivered it well. Okay, the bars yeah, he did so okay. Plus, that they didn't? Okay. the key is that he pivoted midway. All that dialogue about Social Security was on the spur of the moment. So, therefore, um, it he, was... He ad-libbed? Right. Exactly. Wow. So, that's harder to do. <laughs> that takes more of your hard drive power <laughs> than more of your RAM and hard drive no, I, I, I that think, he doesn't usually have a lot of. I think it's his Rolodex. I'm not sure. He Either way. Okay. Well, but remember, he has a thumb remember Dr. Jill might be, you know, Joey, go out there and do well and there'll be an extra scoop of ice cream. For okay. I mean, <laughs> the, motivation, every day. the motivation might be there. Uh, one of our listeners, we were trying to think of the name of a journalist that Mike in Bloomsburg was trying to think of. They finally emailed us and said the name well, of that Hirsch. journalist is Seymour Hirsch. Yeah, he's breaking the story on how the Biden administration uh, bombed the uh, Nord Stream to pipeline. One I mean, of our good listeners, when we brought up the topic of Rolling Rock beer yesterday, said, good morning, fellows. I enjoyed the caller from New Jersey. I enjoyed Rolling Rock here in Texas until last summer. Then the impossible happened. Texas permitted Yingling to be sold throughout the state. This is going to save me a great deal of money since I no longer have to travel to Pennsylvania or Florida to get one of my two favorite beers. Mike was 100% correct about the Chinese coming across the Texas border. I received a report over the weekend that the number crossing in the border to years ago was less than 100. The number reported by Border Patrol said that number over the last 12 months was 1,000 persons. Uh, well, s- over what period of time was the 100? Sounds yeah, like the same rate. Yeah, but Maybe it's the same per month. That's Larry G. in Texas. Good, right. Good Who's lesser, there? Good email. And the other part, Larry, remember the Trump administration closed down a Chinese cons- uh, consulate in Houston that was basically a uh, beehive of spies. So uh, that is the uh, scenario going on with the Chinese in Texas. One of our listeners sends us a note, says, Tom, sunsetting a law doesn't mean it ends, but you look at it to see if it's necessary or if it can improve. Sunsetting Social Security would do the same thing. Another listener says, President Trump didn't withdraw from Afghanistan. Biden did, and he botched it. Biden's plans, Biden's failure. And another listener to Tom says, uh, Tom talking about someone that knows Nothing. You are him. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. But good. Good thoughts. Yeah. That, the, the the Trump plan to withdraw was based on a number of criteria that had to be met with the Taliban, and the Taliban w- was was there doing that until the Biden administration came in. Then all broke loose, and we had a three ring circus, and unfortunately, thirteen service 
folks were uh, were killed under the ineptness of the Biden administration. One of our listeners sends us a note. The subject is corrupt already? Geez. The Shapiro administration insists the governor did not violate his gift ban when a, he and a top aide went to Arizona for the Super Bowl on the dime of a nonprofit that has received <laughs> millions of dollars in state money. Yeah, that was put up by Team Pennsylvania. Yeah. What which about is a, the uh, Sixers tickets? I mean, everything. You know, governor. He's as corrupt as the next if, governor. If you go to the Sixers game, sit up in a box. Don't sit in the next to the right. court. Come okay. on. And finally, let's see. A slew of citywide vaccine mandates announced in 2021 across parts of the U.S. made virtually no difference in stopping the spread of COVID-19. According to a new study, the mandates impose severe restrictions on the lives of many citizens and business owners. The study conducted through George Mason University's Mercator Center says, we find no evidence that the mandates for masks were effective in their attendant goals of reducing COVID-19. And we'll find out more and we'll see if the media reports it. Yeah, masks or not masks, I'm sorry, vaccines. I, I stuck mm. in them. But I, I think you're going to find that masks did, or the research has shown they didn't help that much also. Well, and what type of mask? Uh, right, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, the little surgical ones, what do they do? Nothing. And if, if, assuming, of course, you wear it right. All right, got to take a one-minute break. I'll be back with the last callers of the whole shooting match week when we come back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, we are back. We're going right to the phones. A bit, oh, no, scratch that, Bill. Uh, Al, you go first. Go ahead, Al. New caller. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, you're not compelled to pay Social Security. But if you're an employer, you pay the largest part of your employee Social Security. Uh, on you don't payroll, have to pay Social Security? When I was doing the payroll, I think it was 3.4% was deducted from their wages. And I was meeting it, doubling it. Right, but you don't. You're saying you don't have to pay Social Security. If are you no, sure? No, I quit paying Social Security in 1987. What? Yeah. Uh, well, if you do your your own taxes, and you don't oh. have to pay it. Okay. I have to pay it on my employees. I have to pay my portion on my employees. But in 1980s, and I don't, and my, you know, my reflected. It's reflected on how much I get. I get a very small amount, and the, my buddy gets the full amount, and he gets a, you know, almost two thousand more than I do. So the max is only so much, but they cut you off after you pay in so much. There's a max that you can get, and there's a max you can pay in. Yeah, you just can't. You just can't believe that no, you, you can't. Get, you well, don't have to pay in. You have to be self-employed. That's the you first have to be thing. Self-employed. Plus, your income or has the to be super of a business, low, yeah. which is self-employed. Yes, right. And your income has to be mega low. 
Or Magalo, either no. way. Or, no. shown, or shown Magalo. <laughs> right, yeah, that's it. All right, thank you so what much, to pay Al. Social Security in? Gotcha. Yeah. But you got to pay it for other people, right? All right, we That's got right. you, Al. Thank you so much for calling yep, in. Bye. Yep, appreciate it. Haven't heard from Al in a while, but we'll take take him any day of the week. Uh, Bill, you get the last minute. Oops, I did. I got to uh, Real quick, I think the max paying is five grand, but uh, they should do what Sweden does with their social security, right? I think ninety five. Uh, they allowed the citizens whatever money they had in their fund. To, to move it around like a 401k and whatnot, and the average Sweden, whatever you do with your money, is that's what you get when you retire. The average return was like 10% per year, some higher, mm. uh, compared to the government, like uh, 2%. Okay. Mm, interesting. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, sir. I invest in the Swedish meatballs. Bikini volleyball team. <laughs> oh, jeez. See, that's the difference between you and I. You're 40-something, you're on the Swedish bikinis. I'm 60-something, and I think a Swedish meatball. The volleyball team. And saunas. Have a good weekend, folks. Get out and enjoy. This is WDKOK Sunbury.